Hey everybody and welcome to Security with Spirits brought to you by Oak Barrel Security. I'm your host Jason. This is Ben. Jonathan. And Tony. We'll tell you what to drink while we tell you why we drink. Hey everybody and welcome to the podcast. Today I am drinking something that was inspired by my work music today. So I just had Amazon Music throw on um, Mississippi Queen and just let the radio flow. And at one point towards uh, the end of the day, cheap sunglasses came on. And I remember sitting in a bar in St. Louis, Missouri, and I ordered cheap sunglasses and it actually came with a pair of cheap sunglasses. And while I do not have those cheap sunglasses today, because that was 20 years ago and they were cheap sunglasses, I tried to make it. So unfortunately, I didn't have the ingredients, but I did have a bottle of uh, limited edition Sprite with cranberry. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm drinking that with vodka. Um, so they are really, really cheap, maybe busted up sunglasses. But just in honor of the drink, I'm also wearing sunglasses, cheap sunglasses while I'm doing this. So oh, that's yeah. my drink. <laughs> so I'll pass it over to uh, Ben. What you drinking? Well, I am back to my journey through the classic malts, back to Dolwini, which is a Highland. Uh, the most popular Highland I can think of is probably Macallan by a long shot. But Dolwini is a lighter taste than that, and I've got it on the rocks, and it's very good. Jonathan, what are you drinking? I just cracked open a new bottle. A friend gave me over the holiday a black label bottle of S.E. Callahan's Straight Bourbon Whiskey. The black label is their barrel proof. And that's uh, distilled in uh, the oldest town in East Tennessee, Jonesboro. And uh, it is fantastic. Very smooth. I mean, it just it hits your lips. And it's like, so good. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not a sponsor yet. Not a sponsor yet. <laughs> Tony, I would love to know what you've got going on over there. Uh, all right. Our signature co cocktail for this episode is the Oak Barrel Great Ball of Fire. It's a shot combining bourbon, cinnamon schnapps, and a dash of hot sauce. It tastes of procrastination and other poor life choices and reminds me of my college days. Uh, our, our last episode got me thinking about that. Uh, also, a preemptive nugget. Have a glass of water for every booze drink you have. Be hydrated, friends. Get this recipe, if you want it for some reason, at oakbarrelsecurity.com. And uh, there's also some cybersecurity stuff there, too. It's New Year, so I'm trying to drink more water, so I put more ice in my drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, today we are talking about early career. So we've uh, led you through the the life of a, a young cybersecurity professional. They've gone through high school, they've gone through college, and now they're early on in their career or they skip college, you know, we, you know, no judgment here. And they're going on to early career. So we're going to talk about the ins and outs, some of our experiences that we've had, some of the life lessons that we can share along the way. So we will kick it off with some of the positions that you should look for. I know early on in your career, you're, you're going to be kind of trying to find anything you can get, basically get your foot in the door. I know uh, myself, I started uh, my career as, believe it or not, an AS400 programmer for like RPG and COBOL language. 
Ow. I'm really not that old. It's just uh, the, the, the place that um, I went to work for had some archaic stuff there. And I, I did know those languages. That's where I started out, but it was a great opportunity to get my foot in the door, kind of move on to, you know, help desk and then on to networking servers and et cetera, and, and kind of bring in security along the way. So that's, that's kind of where I started out. But Jonathan, how about you? What, where was your starting point? I first started with end user support, desktop support, and you know, it was just wherever it could be, you have to go replace a hard drive and set up a computer. It might be you need to install this program and figure out how it works. That way you can train the person that's going to be using it. And that slowly led up to working on servers and then eventually expanding my network skills and then from there I kind of grew into some of my programming skills after that and then eventually it's like let's just put all this together and go into security it's more fun uh Tony what about you I'm sorry I'm still kind of hung up on the fact that like I know people twice Jason's age that got started like that <laughs> so the lab that we had in high school they had an AS400 actually it was it started out as a systems 36 and upgraded it to an AS400. And there's a, a, a person in town who was a big fan of the AS400. And so a lot of places in town, cause it was a small town. So a lot of places had the AS400 and a lot of places were running COBOL and RPG. And I thought, well, that's, that's what I need to learn. Wave of the future. Seeing the, the kids with their, their COBOL print, printouts on that sheets of dot matrix paper with the alternating colored lines, mm-hmm. just walking from class to class. <laughs> big old, big old sheets of green bar. And yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> In the late nineties, we were the, the, the coolest uh, class that in 85 had ever seen. <laughs> That's a trouble with those old languages too, uh, or any languages, to be honest, like once something gets written in that and that gets used, it's hard to move away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could probably still find work in like the what air traffic control industry. Uh... Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I still like I still have an iPort, and I just looked it up. It is just so we don't have to go patching next episode. It was released in 1988, so ten years later, we were getting a brand new system like pulled into the. To the facility but anyways i still keep an eye out like there's still some places that are running that are running os 400 it's out there i i believe i saw i i think i saw one of those big box electronics stores the other day running it yeah i think there's a prominent auto parts store yeah. in this area that still you know this is as 400 they'll have job postings for it i believe there's a also a sporting goods store that's that's taken over uh, quite a bit of the South, and uh, yeah, they're they're running it as well. There you go, kids. There's an early nugget. No piece of technology is ever too outdated. Somebody's <laughs> using it. It doesn't matter if we can patch it or not. If it runs, we're using it. So yeah, Tony, where'd you go from realizing Jason still knew COBOL? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I came into it from a roundabout way too. Like, you know, I've kind of always worked in IT. I worked in the, the computer help desk in college. But, you know, my first real corporate gig was was a help desk, a small help desk, uh, where we kind of did everything from, you know, phone support for the remote workers to on-site walk in the building. I, I think that's, I mean, it's the way to go. If you're going to get into IT, that's where you're starting, right? 100%. 
I agree with that. That was kind of my gig. I, I got my first help desk job after I graduated my associate's degree. I didn't need my associate's degree to get the job, but I needed to know how to install Windows XP because they were upgrading from Windows NT4 to Windows XP. So that was kind of how I got my foot in the door. So what about certifications? Like what was anybody like, did you have a plan? Did you have certifications in mind? Did you have anywhere to go? I know for me, whenever I first started out, it was, I was looking at some Microsoft certification. There wasn't really anything security related out there other than security plus, and I'm not knocking it. It's still a great one that I recommend to everybody today, but there were some, you know, some Microsoft certs, stuff like that, that, that kind of, kind of got the ball rolling for me. Yeah. What, what about you, Ben? With my degree, I'd had some technical courses, mostly rolled around a Windows domain administration. I had programming classes. That was that was the extent of my, my technical training in college. And this technology field, we're still kind of catching up to how we should be preparing people for it. Like no one, no one mentioned certificates or anything like that. It was something that I kind of discovered, oh, there's ways to further my knowledge without having to go to a brick and mortar school. And I would say one of the most valuable ones, it was uh, Network Plus. I think that one's a very foundational skill to have. I think it served me pretty well throughout my career. Then of course, if you're, say you're using specific technology, it's always good to kind of look at those vendors and what they offer. Microsoft uh, offers their their certification program. VMware has theirs. Uh, Cisco, of course, has a long running one if you're a Cisco shop, but there's other competitors out there that also have offerings. You can always look at your products that, that you're using and try to investigate those vendors to try to find other ways to kind of early, early build your skill set up and your resume up for growth in your career. Whenever I first started, the the market was very limited. Like I mentioned, Security Plus was pretty much the it. I mean, there were some other ones, but Security Plus was the, the big one. Yes, I don't think Cisco had a security certification no. early on either. No. I think the, let's see, the Certified Ethical Hacker, that was starting to gain some ground. But nowadays, the market is flooded, just flooded with <laughs> security certifications. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think, and we I know we've mentioned it before, is don't just focus on those. Like get some other ones. Get some. Be a well-rounded person. Like like Ben mentioned, you know, Network Plus. That's still it's a great one to just kind of get a good understanding of of networking. You know, there there's some other ones that you can go in. I I think what Server Plus. I don't have any experience with that one, but even Linux Plus. If you're trying to yeah. learn uh, Linux mm-hmm. machine, like CompTIA for the late later career people, the people that've been in it for a while, maybe not too worth the time if you already kind of have that foundation but if you're trying to build CompTIA offers a nice general way to get a knowledge base in these different areas without going specifically into vendor related software and you know even vendor certifications I got my uh, Cisco certification the CCNA pretty early on mm-hmm. and that's pretty general purpose networking and I, I would I would recommend that uh, for somebody starting out to get that baseline networking uh, foundation True. plus just studying for certs and staying in that habit of continuous learning regardless of what it is very valuable skill yeah yeah always be learning yeah. abls <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's one thing that you 
definitely celebrate whenever you pass with a, a nice drink. Definitely celebrate. Well, I guess celebrate. Definitely uh, uh, heal the wounds if you fail, and then you know pick yourself <laughs> up. Heal it with you know get it get a heal with a drink. But uh, pick yourself up and keep going. But you're you're never gonna stop. Even though you think you've you know I've passed this. This is it. Hooray! I'm done. You're you're never done. But celebrate the wins, and and just keep going. Yeah, always consider them stepping stones to the next big thing that you've got going on. I always told uh, students and people I've worked with, it's like, yes, get the cert. Mm-hmm. It's worth the hassle because, you know, working, you know, being able to put down on your resume that you quote unquote worked on this technology or done this type of task is one thing. But when you've got that certification, that's basically a license saying you've been challenged and you've met that goal and showing that you can demonstrate those skills. So it's, it's very worthwhile. Yeah. Something that, would recommend too with your resume is to incorporate a goals section. It doesn't have to be real verbose or add another page or anything, but just put like, I'm working on this, I'm working on this, I'm working on this. Yeah. Uh, And they don't necessarily even have to be all career oriented. I would definitely make one of them at least a career oriented one, but try to put out there like, yeah, I set goals and I, I work to achieve them. Jonathan kind of hit on something, and I, I really like that. That's I see a lot of people eating up, and whether it be their own money or corporate money or whatever, they go off to training, and then when they're done with training, they're like, done, and they walk away. Take the extra step. Get the certification. Take the challenge. I, if somebody put on their resume, like an entry-level person put on their resume that they had attended a, you know, a CCNA class, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably flip over to the next one. What, what are your What are your thoughts, Tony? Oh yeah, and you know, a, a little pro tip here. When I went for my CCNA, I found a certification course being taught at a local college, so I was able to use the uh, employer's tuition reimbursement to get them to pay for that certification course. That was always kind of a gray area for me early on. Was if I pay for it myself or whether I ask the employer to pay for it. And don't be shy. You know, the worst that they can say is no. Yeah. <laughs> so don't don't hold yourself back from asking. Yeah. So yeah, make sure that, to take advantage of that because if you take it, you pass it. If they tell you no, then, and you end up paying for yourself, realize that's an investment for you to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're not beholden to them for that. That's kind of a good way to uh, kind of segue into sort of the next topic of, so let's say that you want to go get a certification and you ask the organization, they said, no, we're not paying for the certification, even though it's aligned with your career and everything. You've made the case and they said, they said, no, you go and you get it yourself. So now you have the certification and you're kind of overlooked. I'm not saying, you know, they, they shower you with money and, you know, buy you a, a Ferraro and all that kind of stuff. But Ferraro Rocher. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about maybe seeing, you know, knowing whenever it's time to separate yourself from an organization. Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit on two red flags right there, right? They're not invested in your continual growth and they don't recognize your achievements. Yeah, start looking. Definitely, you don't want to grow complacent in a position. Yeah. And you want you want to you want your position to challenge you. You don't want to be taking the easy road if you want to, especially if you're if you're trying to get into cybersecurity and you're trying to grow your career and be one of the 
the top IT talents, you always need to be challenging yourself. And someone told me some advice, and honestly, Jason, it may have been you, but early on in my career, that you should be kind of working and looking to to always be changing jobs every about five years or so. You want to look for the next challenge. You want to look for the next step. Now, you don't want to be doing like horizontal job changes. You want to go from fry cook to, you know, checkout desk or whatever. (laughs) You want to be looking for the next step up and whether, and that sometimes that, that opportunity may not be necessarily in the field that you need, but you got to weigh your options and see if it would actually help grow your career. Like when I took the step into applications or that was outside of, more technical IT work, but it gave me a lot of experience and and a viewpoint in IT that was different than what I was used to. And so you you really want to be trying to grow your career and take those steps at regular intervals. Hey, that fry cook required a CISSP, so. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that, I, I mean, that's a, that's a good point to be, and I'm, I may have said that, I don't know, I drink a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's always look for different opportunities and always look for ways to learn. It's not always about the job, I guess, to, to, to make the career path. It's, it's more about becoming a, a more like what you can do to build your skills to be better at the future that you want. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about early careers, so it does not have to be like a linear path right? Like it can be worth taking a job at say a bigger company with more opportunities, even Mm -hmm. if it's not in security, you're going to get exposed to new technologies, maybe a different way of doing things. Don't pigeonhole yourself too soon. Yeah. And always, it never, never, never. I don't care if the company is the worst company in the world. I don't care if it's, if it's going to make you feel good. I don't just stuff all that aside. Don't burn bridges. Because you never know what the future holds. Just take the 100%. high ground, the high road, and just go. I would expand on that and even say, like, the networking you do, the people connections you make are probably more important than the technologies you learn. Yes. 100%. Because it could be somebody else down the road that goes, hey, I remember that guy. And they, you know, they were somebody that were was always trying to extend their knowledge and grow more. Or maybe vice versa, it's somebody down the road that you remember you can call on when you need to bring in somebody you trust where you're working at. It works well with others is a great yep. resume. Yep. <laughs> you're always going to be remembered if you were the guy that, uh, you're always going to be remembered and you're never going to be selected if you're the guy who was middle fingers up and walked out the door. <laughs> It feels good in the moment, but that's short-lived. <laughs> yep. Fantasize about it. Play it out in your head. Maybe oh, even yeah. journal about it. But, you know. <laughs> I have a I have a little nugget, and it came to me as we were, we were talking through things. And I was sitting here drinking my cheap sunglasses and remember the days whenever I was uh, broke as a joke and just trying to get through life and trying to pay for my certifications and everything else. There are opportunities out there to get certifications and training and stuff like that cheap. I know, and I don't know if I can actually, I'm not going to drop any, but there are some like, uh, for instance, there are some live training classes that if you contact them and say, I can, I'm willing to be a teacher's aide, 
it, and it means you're going to have to work. I mean, you're going to have to work. But some of these classes that are these training classes that are week long classes that are five grand, eight grand, 10 grand or whatever, you can get them knocked down to maybe a grand or two just by going in and helping set up chairs and desks and helping people get logged in computers and stuff like that. And then there are other opportunities for online, the, the you know, pay what you can training. Uh, those are fantastic. Don't think that anything that that's pay what you can or, you know, could be obtained for free is garbage it's those are it's still knowledge it's still stuff that you can you can apply and and put in uh put to use in life put on your resume so yeah that's that's a a nugget that i would like to share add on to that is some of the cheapest training you can get are the books do not underestimate reading Mm -hmm. and you should be reading continually always have a book that you're reading you're studying up on or something just uh especially now like the age of these some of these places that offer bundles of books <laughs> humbly i'll say <laughs> you can get lots of lots of reading material that'll keep you busy for a long time and always be learning something and that's some of the cheapest training you can get mm-hmm. and while we're while we're uh, serving up uh, little sauces for the for the nugget that we have i don't even know if this is still a thing but don't boot camp things no, don't. You are just, <laughs> you are just cheating yourself. Don't do it. I, I, I'll uh, I'll take that and I'll twist it. Don't pay for a boot camp. I have been on <laughs> yeah. some I have been on some Discord servers where people have offered to do like virtual boot camps for certification for free. Some people just love educating, and oh, you yeah. can you can oh. just get on a Zoom call and listen, and they will run down like it's a boot camp. It's been very valuable, but yeah, don't, don't pay. Uh, I guess, I guess certification mill is what I'm not really a boot yeah. camp, but a certification mill. Don't yeah. go to the place where they, you know, uh, it, cause I, and unfortunately I know because early in my career, my, a company sent me to one. They were like, no, you have to get this and you're going here. And literally all day long from like eight o'clock in the morning till about you know, I don't know, six or seven at night, you study and then, or, you know, they teach you, you know, all the ins and outs of it. And then about seven o'clock, they share sample questions and we just <laughs> hammer them just all, you know, and then, yeah, I, I got three certifications that, that week. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that is precisely what gave certifications a bad name, right? It's just exactly at that point. I think we talked about it and, episode 11 check it out not taking shortcuts in your education and mm-hmm. that counts for certifications too don't shortcut it because you may think that just because you got you know you've got that that certification on your resume and you're really good at doing interviews and everything and you you got the job and you think it's yours and you could just coast most companies still have 90 days where they can make a decision they got you on a trial run so that's whenever uh that's whenever we get to view your skills and i know some companies even do like competency testing and stuff like that so yeah know your stuff don't don't cert mill it it'll catch up to you yep the other thing i was and i think ben mentioned it earlier about converting nt workstations to xp oh yeah, and, <laughs> and I I was like we worked together on that project, 
lot of a lot of good times, a lot of fun stuff, uh, a lot of a lot of late nights, a lot of weekends. But I I went and visited that company, and it's been. They still have the XP machines. <laughs> <laughs> Not on our watch. <laughs> they still have some of the servers that uh, that you and I built. They're oh still running. <laughs> so I had a thought. If only IT people could get paid like movie stars and get royalties. You're like, oh, I see you're still running that uh, server 2000. Well, another thousand dollars in my uh, bank account this year. So that storage array is still going for you. Huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but that would actually motivate the IT guy after you to be like, we got to get rid of that guy's stuff. He installed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's working great. Yeah. Don't give a <laughs> that was <laughs> of the, the PowerShell uh, task that's been running for 20 years, <laughs> holding the entire company together by a thread. Oh, my gosh. Why is this account still active in AD? Like this person's been gone for 20 years. Don't disable that. <laughs> Got 35 PowerShell scripts running on that account. All right, everybody. I'm glad you could join us for our early career. I know, I know mine was a lot of stress and a lot of uh, cheap liquor and a lot of long nights and weekends much different than now. Now it's a lot of stress, long nights and weekends and expensive liquor. So <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you all uh, hanging out with us uh, and we hope you tune in for next episode. Until then, I'm Jason. This is Ben. Jonathan. Tony. Bye, Bye everybody. Time for some cheap sunglasses. Oh, yeah. I'm two cheap sunglasses in, so... <laughs>